0: Thank you so much for joining us for FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. I'm Brendan Dowling with the Public Library Association. We are recording live from the PLA 2016 conference in Denver, Colorado. Our guests today are Phyllis Hunter from Phyllis C. Hunter Consulting and Nicole Shabazz, Youth Outreach and Programming Coordinator at the Cleveland Public Library. Phyllis and Nicole are presenting a program at the PLA conference tomorrow entitled Where the Black and brown boys aren't and why. They're here today to talk to us about this topic. Nicholas and Nicole, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Uh, give us a little background on the subject that you're presenting.
1: We all know that there's an achievement gap, especially when it comes to black and brown boys. And we know that schools are struggling to close this gap, and we want help from our libraries. And our librarians need to know that there are things that they can do to help us close this achievement gap. And when we look at the number of kids who come to the library, the number of black and brown boys that come to the library, we want to raise that way up because we know that that's a place where we can hook them, where they can be introduced to books that are mirrors, not just just windows to look out on other cultures, but mirrors that reflect their cultures. And so we want to have a connection between librarians and books and r- teaching kids to read. And so that's why Nicole and I are both passionate, she being a librarian librarian, and me being a reading expert. We're passionate together to make this happen for black and brown boys. When the school day ends, that's really when the work
2: begins for many of our public librarians, particularly those who serve youth. And so we want to bridge that gap and we want to strengthen those relationships because in truth, We serve the same constituency, and so we want to make sure that our public library spaces are areas that captivate black and brown boys, that very often don't know what we offer. In many situations, we're not offering things that are are relevant to them, that uh, speak to what their interests are. Sometimes we lean very heavily on text or, or books that appeal to girls more so than boys. And just like with anybody, when you see yourself somewhere, the draw is there. And so we know that it is very important in closing that achievement gap. We know that in urban centers all over the United States, black and brown boys are not reading at grade level. So this is a crisis situation and there is a role to play. And so we want to encourage, to offer some best practices, to give some strategies about how to
1: do that. And we know it's not all black and brown boys. We should never assume that it's all, but it's far too many. So I was in a library situation in Chicago, Illinois, and the librarian was complaining to me that the boys didn't like reading and they only wanted to play computer games, and they didn't. And I said, well, tell me what you're suggesting. She said, well, I have this fourth grade list, for example. The first book on the list was Little House on the Prairie. An urban kid in Chicago and not necessarily interested in Little House on the Prairie. And I noticed that he had on some Air Jordan shoes. And I looked at him and I said, hey, you got a pair of Air Jordans. How did you get them? I know they're so hard to get. I said, did you know that there was a book on collecting Air Jordans? He said, No, I didn't. I want to see that. So we have to tap into their motivation. When he got that book and read about the Air Jordans and all the other collectibles for Michael Jordan, he was hooked. The library had something that interested him and that he wanted. This is what we want to encourage librarians to do.
0: So, how can librarians find? these entry points.
1: Part of it is knowing uh,
2: where the deficits lie. Many of our public librarians don't know how to make that impact. And they think, you know, something like the teaching of reading, which is rocket science now, uh, reading is a systematic process so it's not just this natural thing that you hear people say that there are many elements to the teaching of reading one being fluency so the ability to read with automaticity and that comes from reading practice engaging boys around books of interest in practicing reading through book clubs and many different reading experiences reading aloud believe it or not older kids like to be read to those things make a difference as well and how we model the way we read helps to, um, boys to develop that uh, fluency. Also, just comprehension, having conversations around what is read and what thoughts are, and reading, being able to make meaning from what you um, read. Very often we send kids and we give them a book and we tell them to read in the 20 minutes a day, and that's.
1: but we don't engage them. So anytime the kids get to discuss a book and talk about it, they're more likely to dig in further. They're more likely to have some real feelings about the books that they read. We also want to encourage librarians to not, just for the sake of diversity, say, read this book because there's a black kid on the cover. We want to say, read this because it'll make you laugh. Read this because it is so much like Fast and Furious, because they'll all know that movie. Entice them in that way. Make sure that they they know that they're going to get something out of reading this book. And to do that, the librarians have to be well-read. You have to read a lot of books. You can't read them all, but you can have a lot of conversations with your colleagues about what are the books that draw kids in. What are are they like? Graphic novels, informational texts. They love book lists, sports, biographies, horror. We want to encourage people who are working with kids of color Uh, not to sing the Do the Lack of Blues. Have you ever heard that song? (laughs) (laughs) It goes like this. Due to the lack of these kids. Do not come to the library and I don't have the books that they're wanting. Do the lack of this. Do the lack of this. And then they they excuse themselves and and they don't find solutions. But if you have a job in a library and you have a diverse population, you owe them your best work. Motivation, which is one of the
2: components of reading, is key. And so drawing that motivation is about building building those relationships is about asking kids what is it that interests you and being able to find those reading materials that tie into that and being able to just transform not a transactional relationship but a transformative relationship with young people
1: Librarians have done a good job of branding the library. There is not anybody that's hating on the library. Most people like to go to the library. It's a safe
2: space. It's a
1: safe space. They've done a good job of that. So now let's capitalize on it. Let's not only make it a safe space, but let's make it an intriguing and interesting space that has something that I want to read. You teach kids about the ice bucket challenge, where they they ask, you know, why are people throwing ice buckets of ice water, and then they learn about Lou Gehrig's disease amyotrophic lateral sclerosis but then they want to read a biography about Lou Gehrig and then they want to read more about other diseases that need cures and then they go together to do a walk for ALS so if we can combine the technology that interests them so much with books and biographies and other ways for them to get learning. It's a win-win situation. Absolutely,
2: And that kind of authority that a public librarian who knows about books, it speaks to the agency that we help young people to develop so that when we talk about learning about different diseases or we talk about different issues that are taking place in our society, in particular in this political age when we're talking about immigration issues, which, of course, would be something that resonated very greatly with brown boys, but that we also not just give them the ability to uh, locate materials and read those materials, but beyond being a reader, being a consumer, how do we encourage them to be producers? How do we move just even beyond reading to writing to expressing yourself and being a full citizen? participating in our democracy.
1: They have to be able to see themselves in books that they read and then be able to respond to those in discussion and in writing so that they have a voice. If they do not read, they will not have a voice. That's why I call reading the new civil right, because these boys cannot access the remainder of their rights unless they are good and strategic readers. If I die tomorrow, I hope they put on my epitaph, she tried to put a book in the hands of every kid. Why do they opt
0: out of reading?
2: They don't see themselves represented. And all of us have a desire to see ourselves in some way, to be represented, to be regarded, to have relevance to have relationships. Black and brown boys are not seeing themselves represented in those ways. Just like education, public education, public libraries are dominated by white females. And so a part of the advocacy, because we know it is important that a young men, black and brown, get to see people who've accomplished. So it says to them, if you can do it, so can I. A part of our advocacy is to push for that, is to do better recruitment, is to do better uh, outreach, if you will, about what the value of libraries are so that we get more people into the profession that look like brown and black boys. And so one of my goals in the work that I do every day, especially with the uh, children's librarians that I work with, is we want to create more and more competent, capable, able people in the public library world.
1: They haven't yet had a positive experience in the library. Once they have a truly positive experience, everybody who has a positive experience with something wants to do it again. I read research just recently that said that if a child visits a library before the age of six, it is transformative for them. So we got to make sure that all these black and brown boys get to a library and have a positive experience by the end of their sixth year if that's one of our goals that's a good one we can do that
2: I was six and a half years old and I was drawn to the Blue Aside by Toni Morrison and because of that cover because of that black girl Holding that doll is what the draw was. So, of course, at six years old, I'm not going to have the experience that I have when I read it later as an adult. But I could read the words, but it was the draw
1: of that book. Publishing is a business. They need to make money, but they need to know that we will buy the yes, books that are diverse enough and that will draw the kids in. And one day, I hope I walk in a library and they have nothing but black and brown boys on a whole billboard. And I want to see them Wow you know, I'm welcome here.
2: Any great book for black and brown boys also has value for all children. And so that is a point that we really have to drive home. I don't think we've always done the best job of that. So sometimes people want to kind of pigeonhole great multicultural materials and say it is just for black and brown children. It isn't. It is for everybody. We live in an increasingly diverse world and we have to be able to respond to that. And we all have something to share.
0: Your book uh, is called Called it's not complicated. Can you tell us a little bit more about about that?
1: Yeah, I entitled it "It's Not Complicated." What I know for sure about helping students of color become successful readers, because I think we already know enough. It's it's now about action. It's about doing what we know. And I said it's not complicated. We've, we we have a long history in America of teaching everybody to read if you came through Ellis Island we taught you to read if you came as an immigrant we taught you to read if your, your great 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 grandfather was a slave we still taught you to read so we know how to teach people to read here I don't know why in the last few years we've let this achievement gap continue I'm 68 it's time for it to go you know, uh, yeah. we can close the achievement. It's been around as long as I have, mm-hmm. so it's t- it's time for us to shut it down.
0: You've mentioned some resources, but but specifically, what what are the the resources that people can use to find books that reflect these experiences?
1: For example, the Reading Rockets Reds website is one that it's an excellent website. People don't go. Out, it has all kinds of book lists for you. Book lists for boys and girls. Those have been edited and exist so yes we there are some of the resources that are available in fact there is really no shortage of resources i know there's been a lot of talk about lack of diversity but it is out there but you you have to look for it you have to bring it in it's not on your shelves and if it's if your shelves are, have a whole bunch of books that have been there since the mississippi river was a creek get rid of them
2: the more you know The more interested you are, the more passionate you are about educating yourself, and it makes you a better reader's advisor, it makes you a better um, advocate. So, What I see sometimes, um, and and we've got to change that, is that you have people who work in service to children but don't really have that interest. Mm -hmm. Any time you have that incongruency, it's going to be a, a pull, a stretch to be able to recommend um, and in working off a list and uh, you know the Caldecott and Prince and you know Kuretus Newberg that that's hand. Wanda correct mm-hmm. those are wonderful but a part of advocacy and being out there and banging the drum is you know maybe some indie publishers you know uh, lesser known black and brown authors writing stories that don't necessarily make the big news mm-hmm. but have something to say. That's a part of what the role is of a public library, And also
1: using um, current periodicals and magazines. I don't know anyone who goes to the airport as much as I do that doesn't buy magazines over a book. Mm -hmm. So we need to push magazines for kids because those are things that they enjoy reading and they're out there as well. And especially for boys. And I think pushing the fact that we
2: are reading every day. Reading is around us in everything that we do. And so you may have a boy, it may take a long time or it may that happen, who won't necessarily read a book from cover to cover, but they'll read something and engage them around what they read and give regard to that mm-hmm. so that they don't feel that if they aren't reading a 300-page book that they're
1: not a reader. And I haven't met a teenager yet that didn't want to read the driver's license manual.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, Phyllis Hunter from the Phyllis C. Hunter Consulting, uh, and you can follow her on Twitter at Phyllis C. Hunter, and uh, Nicole Shabazz from the Cleveland Public Library and you can follow Nicole on Twitter at B at the library that's B-E-A-T the library thank you so much thank
1: Thank you. you